So uh, Emily's been working with us all semester, and the semester is coming to a close. We've got, what, like one or yeah. two Sundays left in the, in the semester. Uh, Emily's been an awesome blessing to our church, and she's going to be back next semester to continue working and serving here as she prepares for seminary. Uh, you know, nowhere in particular, but... Um, <laughs> There is a school in North Carolina I'll there tell you about sometime. Uh, <laughs> all right. I think I'm limited to two Duke references I'm wearing, so we've got to cut it off. Anyways, uh, Emily's got an awesome word to share with us this morning. Uh, so we've clapped for you. Can we pray for you, Emily, as you Absolutely. prepare to, to preach? Let's pray for Emily. God, we give you so much thanks for today. We thank you for Emily for the ways that she has blessed our community and is touching lives in ministry already. And we pray, God, that... As she prepares to share a word with us this morning, God, that you would be speaking through her. God, that her words would be your words, and that our hearts would reflect your heart as we prepare to receive this word. God, be with us. Be with Emily. Be in this space and change us, God, through the words that you are about to share. We love you, and we pray this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. All right. Thank you. That was great. Okay, so good morning. I'm glad to be here. Glad you're here. Um, So last week we began discussing Advent and kind of what this whole season means, what it's all about. Um, It's a season of peace and of light that comes from the promise of Jesus' arrival. Advent is a season of hope as we await the coming of our King. The United Methodist Church describes Advent as the anticipation of Christ and the longing for a new beginning. With Christ, we can expect big, big things. Things that go beyond anything we could ever imagine. Our scripture this morning comes from Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 10. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding. The spirit of counsel and of power. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of God. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees but with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. But with righteousness, he will judge the needy. With justice, he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear, their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the hole of the cobra, and the young child put his hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord, as the waters cover the sea. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you for gathering us here today. We thank you for your presence in our lives, and we pray you come into this space now. Open our hearts to what you would have us here, Lord. I pray the words I speak are not mine, but yours alone. We pray you expose us to something new today and experience your presence here now. Amen. So, we just experienced Black Friday not too long ago. I'm a big, huge fan of that. I love deals. I'm a bargain shopper to the very max. Most of my clothes were either bought off the bargain, not the bargain, the clearance rack or from Goodwill because I just love saving money so much. Needless to say, Black Friday is the real deal for me, a thing that should not be missed. There are deals everywhere, 
And now this year was hard for me. I told my mom I was going to be good. I wasn't going to buy anything for myself. I was only going to shop for others. But it was hard. (laughs) I noticed every single sale sign in the mall, and I had to walk myself right by them. And I know I'm making myself sound like a shopaholic, but it's true. I loved it. The thing is, when I get in that atmosphere of deals, everyone making these big purchases and running around, I find I become extremely materialistic, and I get in that mindset that I need all of these things too. If I'm not getting the same things as everyone else, am I missing out? In reality, that's not what the season is about at all. It's quite the opposite, actually. The season is about patiently awaiting Christ's arrival, for being with our loved ones, for helping out in the community, and for giving thanks for all that we have. It should be a time of peacefulness, remembering Jesus' birth and the miracle that it is. Here's the thing. Too often glory or pride or honor is placed in our possessions, the things we have, instead of finding our glory in Christ. So the Methodist Church, as I said, says that Advent is the hope of something new. And part of that is flipping the idea of glory. We can expect true glory from God, glory that far exceeds all of our expectations, the kind of glory that cannot compare to anything possessions give us. So here's the question. What do we expect God's glory to look like? When the people were waiting for Jesus' arrival, they were probably not expecting him to come into the world the way he did. They knew this guy would be a king, their savior, their lord of lords. And when I think about that, it seems appropriate that Jesus would come down on this huge, radiant, fluffy cloud, just with a magical robe on, expensive robe, people bowing down at his feet, maybe riding a big white horse. That's what we could realistically believe for a king. Maybe not the cloud part, but work with me here. But hey, Jesus is not any king. He's the king of kings, the king of the world, our savior, God in human form. He came into this world in the most unexpected manner. He came into this world the same way that we do. Instead of an extravagant image like we just painted, he came by a young virgin girl, was born just as you and I were. He even had parents. He was born into an average family, They were not rich. They had no lavish gifts to offer him. They had their love, though. He was not born in a hospital or by a midwife, but in a stable. That was probably pretty nasty, too. Just imagine a barn, the animals lying around, hay scattered everywhere, old food, bad smells, the works. But Jesus wanted to come in just like us. He wanted to live amongst the people instead of being idolized as a high king, maybe. He does life with us. He forgives our sins, and he brings about new beginnings. This is glory. This is something to take pride in. I recently heard a song on the radio by Francesca Battistelli called Christmas Is. This song describes all the things that we think about when we think of Christmas. So Christmas is shopping, finding parking at the mall, smiling at that gift you really don't care for, ribbons and stockings. (laughs) Christmas is almost here. But then she continues, Christmas is all of these things, but it is more. It is good news of hope for the whole world because Christmas is Jesus. Personally, I think about the kind of things that are listed in the song. Shopping, gifts, decorating the house, listening to Michael Bublé Christmas, going on winter break, all these things. But when did these things become what Christmas is all about? 
Why do I get gifts when really we've been given the greatest gift of all, a life with Jesus? It goes back to changing our idea of glory. Instead of making it all about what I will get, it seems more appropriate to focus on what we can give in response to the good news of Jesus. Maybe that's volunteering at the food pantry, helping at the rescue mission, washing someone's feet, participating in angel tree, dropping coins in the bell ringer's bucket. Instead of bringing glory to our things, what would it look like to focus ourselves even more on the reason for the season? While it may be difficult, Jesus' life is an example to guide us. Jesus' life was completely people-oriented, never focusing on himself or what he had. Jesus was filled with the Spirit, which allowed him to have this altered way of thinking. St. Irenaeus once said, The glory of God is human being fully alive. We have been made fully alive through the life of Jesus, which helps us become more aware of what's around us. God fills us with the fruits of the Spirit, which allows us a teeny tiny little glimpse of the mind of God. God reveals to us where there is need. Maybe someone needs a listening ear, a meal, just a couple dollars, a hug. Not only does God show us more, but God allows us to have joy in our hearts, to be fully alive. That is the glory of God. I love what Isaiah writes. I'll reread it, verses 6 through 9. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together. And a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear. Their young will lie down together. And the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the hole of the cobra. And the young child put his hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. This is a picture of innocence. The young animals are frolicking about with one another, the child and the infant. I'm envisioning something similar to the Garden of Eden. Everything is new, rich in color. Even the creatures are newborns. As Jonathan mentioned last week, During this time was the Syrophoenician War, so people were feeling oppressed. They had this deep longing in their hearts for something new, a fresh start, for goodness to come. They needed a savior. They needed something to place their hope in. Jesus is the answer to that hope and that peace they were longing for. Jesus changes things. You cannot stay the same after coming to know him. The wolf and the lamb They hang out together. That doesn't happen. We will never expect that to happen. But with Jesus, it can happen. He has the power to bring people together. It's a sign of heaven meeting earth. All creatures together as one. Unexpected glory. This good news, this peace, this new beginning that comes with the birth of Christ is something we can all hope in right now. It's not just for those who have it all together or who have a strong idea of who God is. It's for every single person. It's for the marginalized, those facing extreme poverty, those facing difficulties due to race, gender, orientation, religion. It's for those worried about the future, those who feel they have lost hope. It's for you, and it's for me. Thinking back to how Jesus came into this world knowing he came to live with us, to do life with us, to support us in any way that he can, is good news, the hope we all need. No matter our situation, we can count on God to be there. 
For it is through God that something totally unimaginable unimaginable in our eyes is already in the works in God's eyes. Think back to the part of the passage describing the stump in the very beginning. This stump looked dead. No one thinks anything of it. But God has other plans for this stump. Life is not over. In this stump, what we cannot see is a small seed of life beginning to take root in the most unexpected place. We may not know what is to come, but we can expect God to be present and to show us immense love. That is the glory of Christ, knowing we can always have hope. In the passage, the Israelites had this vision for perfect peace, a prophecy of what was to come, a dream of what life could be. But Jesus came in a way that no one was expecting. Jesus does not live an extravagant life. It was humble, glorious, but not in the way we may expect. The world tells us to want big things, big houses, a lot of money, a nice car, the latest gadget, you name it. But Jesus says, hey, here I am. I've come to bring you peace, to give you life. What Jesus gives is not something we can quantify. It's a knowing in our hearts that even when things are not great, or even if things are wonderful, he is here with us through it all. Jesus came into the world to show us that life is about not about what we can acquire. It's about being with people and loving them just as he did. It's about being fully present in our communities, being aware of the needs around us and helping where we can. Life is about being fully alive and finding glory in the midst of all life has to offer. After all, this Advent season is not about shopping and craziness. This season is about waiting for the peace that comes with the birth of Jesus, that changes the world forever. Even when we may feel overwhelmed, we can expect to find God's glory among us. It's at times hard to remember, but God does exceed expectations. The extravagance of God provides, the extravagance God provides is not what we expect. It's not in things, it's in his love. And it's in this love that we can become more fully alive in Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the season of Advent and this chance to remember all that you have to offer us. We thank you for being our source of hope and peace, even when we may not see it. God, we pray that as we venture through this fun and crazy season, you help us remember to expect glory from you, not things. We pray you help us focus ourselves on you. In Jesus' name, amen.